Welcome to China Tech Talk, a weekly discussion of technology and startups here in China. I am John Artman, editor in chief of TechNode, and as always, I'm joined by Matthew Brennan, founder of China Channel. So, Matt, I think that、um, you and I have fairly different opinions on、uh, on coffee, and and I and I say that not 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 because you and I talk specifically about it, but I do remember that I think at one point you mentioned to me that oh, you know, it doesn't, I don't, I don't, I don't mind instant coffee, whatever, as long as I can get some some caffeine.、Uh, Whereas I am completely the opposite. Yeah, I'm no coffee snob by any means.、Uh, I'll take my <laughs> caffeine any way I can get it. I think、uh, you know, traveling so much. You kind of learn to be less fussy, perhaps.、Um, yeah, I mean, so I mean, I, I I agree that you do have to be a little bit less fussy when it comes to、uh, to coffee, but at the same time, I can't do instant. I just cannot do instant coffee. It's um, it's too much in 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 the sense that it's um, it just tastes horrible. And and honestly, I don't think it has enough enough caffeine in it for me at least. I mean, I'm used to drinking two or three cups per day、uh, of fairly strong drip coffee, and and it and you know, instant does not do it for me at all. Yeah, do you know what I hate is those. Like a two two plus one or three plus one Nescafe things with like way too much sugar in them,、uh, you know. And sometimes I, I've been in situations where that's the only thing I can get, and、um, yeah, that that's not good. But I don't mind the sort of like packets where it's separated, and then I can just put the coffee in. You get those in hotels quite a lot. So you put the coffee, you just put the your coffee granules in, and then usually sometimes I even just drink that straight if I need to.、Um, yeah, it's、uh, it's. Too Tough. It's tough to get a good, constant supply of quality coffee、um, when when you're around in in, in so many different places. <sighs> Yeah, and then and then even even in Beijing, for example,、um, you know my so my office is、uh, right next to the Hujiaolou、uh, subway station. If you're familiar with Beijing,、uh, next to the Hujiaolou subway station, and just south of, like directly south of Tuanjiahu Park, super super nice view from、uh, from our window.、Um, but the thing is, we're we're in a bit of a consumption desert, if 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 you will. We're right, we're pretty close to kind of like the CBD kind of Guomao area, but to actually get To that area, you have to、uh, walk maybe ten, fifteen, twenty minutes.、Um, so it's not so convenient. So you know, we we order a lot of food,、um, but the problem is, is that you know the the ability to order、uh, Starbucks has decreased over the last year or so. It used to be super simple. They used to have like these、um, these、uh, people who would just who would their basically their only job was to、uh, be a person to open a a little shop、um, on Meituan or or Olama or something like that as a、uh, Starbucks die go, so someone who will go there and buy the coffee for you because Starbucks does not have an official way to do that.、Um, recently, those have all disappeared,、um, and so for a while there, we've had to rely on、uh, tea packets, which you know, black tea is is I'm, I'm not British, it's okay,、um, or instant coffee. We also have a coffee machine in our office that only works sometimes. Um, but recently, there's there's been there's been a new、um, there's been a new a new company that's sprung up, and, and you know, as, as our listeners are probably wondering why the heck we're talking about coffee. But this this is actually a super super interesting、um, use case or a super super interesting um, um, company that's that's been springing up. And we thought that Matt and I thought that might be good to talk about what they're doing and maybe draw some、uh, some parallels and some lessons from it. Yeah, definitely.、Uh, the question. In people's minds, if they see the title of the、uh, of the episode, might be like, "Why are Why are John and Matthew talking about coffee this episode? That's not tech.、Um, it is <laughs> in China. It kind of is."、Uh, 
Um, certainly, what well, the case study we're going to cover today, Lucking Coffee, is um, is applying internet. I don't know how would you describe it. Internet business models to the coffee industry, and um, it's very much part of the sort of O to O or um, OMO online merging with offline trends that that people are talking about in China. Um, I think they're a fantastic, almost perfect case study of how China is developing new retail models. Um, new business models in the retail sector, which embrace um, internet technology, which embrace a lot of the um, standards, a lot of the business models, a lot of the uh, way of doing things, which comes from startups, which comes from the internet sector, and is now filtering through into pretty much all sectors of the economy. Um, and retail is is the big one, as we've covered so many times already this year. But now we're going to look at coffee which is a very interesting segment of retail actually yeah and i think it's 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 um it's it's interesting because i mean i think that you and i have talked about this before in particular when it comes to um to alibaba but then you know i'm looking at we we uh technode we recently ran a piece um by uh linda uh, about a um a new classroom technology and it's basically very simple all it's doing is taking um kind of some of the the online norms and in particular the use of uh of bullet comments or bullet screens and using it in the classroom with uh, with presentations and and i think that 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 luck and coffee so this this uh, this company that we're talking about it's another very good example of that in china you don't see that much tech- technical innovation um in a lot of these uh new businesses what they're doing is they're just taking tried and true businesses and 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 or tried and true models and converting them translating them into an offline counterpart where the efficiencies in, in many cases are, are much higher and then for and then also it, it, it plays on um, user habits in particular so you know the delivery sector the o2o omo sector it's fairly mature at, at this point um, and so they're just they're building their entire business on on the back of that and so it's like it's like if you take Starbucks but Starbucks their their main um, rather than having actual shops their main business is actually delivery so more like uh, like a Domino's for example um, Domino's in the states they they have no uh, eat in restaurants you can only um, order delivery so you can only order you can only order the coffee um, and and everything is done through through your mobile phone everything all the payments are are mobile payments. Um, and so, in some ways, it's not—it's not so much again innovative in a sense, um, but it's—but it certainly is um, showing what can be done with uh, the technologies and industries that, that that have grown up in the past couple of years. Let's um, let's talk about Starbucks first. Let's just uh, maybe we cover some basics on the coffee market in general in China before we delve a bit deeper into Luckin. You know, Starbucks is 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 the market leader. Um, and they've been doing pretty damn well, actually. Um, mm-hmm. they're, they're often put forward as one of the best brands, foreign brands, American brands, that it seems to be killing it in China. Um, you know, whether it's their collaborations with WeChat and wow. being one of the first brands to do mini programs and, and, and gifting on social gifting through WeChat, which happened last year. 
uh, which would be a coup for them, um, or their massive, massive roastery that they're opening in Shanghai, which I think is the world's largest Starbucks, if I remember correctly, and all the sort of gimmicky stuff they're doing in there. And, and uh, but they, the, I haven't actually visited one, but um, people seem to be very impressed with it. Um, I've yet to work out why they're so impressed with it beyond the fact it's very, very big. Um, the, the the sort of tech aspects of, of the um, the people mentioned that you can use your phone to scan things and, and get little um, augmented reality experiences. I think that very much seems like bells and whistles um, rather than anything as actually a, as a substantial change to what they're doing. Um, but regardless, um, you know, it's got a lot of good press and a lot of good PR and uh, they're opening stores, you know, quite considerably. I think Starbucks already has something like over 3,000 stores in China. Um, um, and it's, it's got some quite aggressive plans to open um, new stores. Uh, certainly coffee culture in general in China. Um, let's talk about that for a bit. Coffee culture in China, I think, is is definitely on the uptick, uh, especially amongst the younger generation. Um, obviously, China has a very famous tea drinking culture, and, and people, when they think of China and a hot beverage, they're thinking of tea. Uh, in the same way that us British people do love a good um, but it's a very, you know, obviously it's Chinese tea, which is usually quite different from from. From British style, but um, I, I think that sort of an is you know older generations will love that stuff. Always have you know, a, a flask of hot tea around them. Um, but it's become quite cool for younger people to to drink coffee. And I, th- I think that's a trend that we see in many different parts of Asia. When you look at South Korea, when you look at um, pretty strong coffee cultures developed there. Um, and actually, China will probably follow a similar path. And uh, personally, I believe the coffee culture has got a long way to go in China. Uh, what do you think, John? Is it, you feel it's, is it, in my opinion, it's not reached that duration point at all. Well, no. And, and I, I think that also, um, I mean, it, it's funny because, you know, Starbucks in uh, it was originally envisioned to be you know the third space so uh, not not the home not the office but a place where people can go and kind of hang out and I think that that idea has been kind of taken to its extreme in China um, it used to be that if I was setting up some type of uh, coffee date or or trying to meet up with someone just to have a chat for you know, an hour or less, um, I would plan to meet them at Starbucks because it's, they're easy to find. They're fairly, uh, they're fairly common in, in larger cities in, in, uh, in China. Um, and it's just an easy place to, to say, okay, this is, this is where we can go. Um, recently I've, I've had to think of other places to, to, to meet people, especially if I want to meet someone in the afternoon. Um, because in, 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 in these, these, these Starbucks, almost no matter where you go, they're always going to be packed. Uh, and it's not just Starbucks. It's also if there's a Costa coffee in the afternoon, it's going to be packed. Uh, if uh, Pacific coffee, and I'm talking like even during during working hours, because people they take they 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 work in an office building right next door, and they decide to take an hour off, I guess, kind of after lunch, um, and they or maybe even sometimes they they even have their you know team meetings there. Um, so I would say that that Starbucks in general uh, and and other other coffee uh, places have become kind of a, a place to hang out uh, for for um, a lot of people, a place to meet. Um, a place to just kind of do whatever, um, and so at that in that sense, I think that coffee culture has has come come a long long way, um, and 
in, at least in bigger cities, it, it's fairly uh, embedded in, in a lot of habits already. Um, when it comes to the actual coffee itself, not so much. Um, I think a lot of times when, when people, um, when they go to these places, they, they end up ordering some kind of sugary mixed coffee-like drink um, that doesn't taste very much like coffee and that may not actually have very much um, caffeine in it. Um, and then, of course, you have a lot of different um, drink varieties in particular, you know, like some type of green tea latte, uh, some kind of like chai frozen thing or, or whatever. Um, and so in that sense, I, I would say that the coffee culture in and of itself um, has not developed. And so I do have to, and it, but, but it is obviously taking root. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of a, you know, you get, you get them in with the vanilla frappuccino and then, you know, five years later, they're drinking black coffee. Um, and I think that, I mean, coffee as a substance kind of lends itself to that. Um, and then, so, so I think that when we're looking at the coffee market, um, it's, it's, it's going to be fair, more affluent people, people who are, uh, as you say, pro- probably a bit younger, who've been uh, exposed to it uh, at a younger age. Um, and then also office workers, because caffeine is a great way to stay awake. Uh, if you're working a nine to five or a nine to six, and you know, like most Chinese people, you're probably only getting four to five hours of sleep. Well, then coffee is is going to be your best friend. Um, so I, I think that so there's there's still a long long way to go. Um, coffee, the coffee culture, the coffee habit, I would say, is fairly uh, fairly well situated in tier one cities, uh, not in, in in slightly as well in tier two cities. Um, but there's going to be a huge huge market or tier three and tier four yes um to to put your final comment there about the tier one tier two um i'll just relay my experiences of that so tier one i would say beijing shanghai shenzhen coffee culture is very much um embedded um in in those cities tier two when i go to places like Hangzhou or, or, or chengdu I would say it's actually in the city centers there, it's also, there's a lot of coffee shops and a lot of people getting coffee. It's only when you go down to maybe tier three, like today I'm in I'm in my wife's hometown, which I would classify as maybe a tier three, possibly a tier four city in, in Sichuan. Um, yeah, there's not too many. There are coffee shops here, but I struggle to find good ones. Um, I, I, I have one place that I, I can go to. <laughs> so coffee culture here in, in Zhengyou, where I am today, um, but there's, there's, there's one of two places so yeah it's got um it's got a long way to go um i think what you mentioned about the uh you briefly mentioned the um, the competitors in the market i think that's yes definitely starbucks is not the only name here pacific coffee um costa coffee um i also got a lot of stores but i think nowhere near as many as as starbucks um I think a player that's not mentioned uh, very much in Western articles, absolutely everywhere, is uh, Shangdao Cafe. Um, do you know that place? What it's a Taiwanese brand, I think. Uh, it just came to mind, but that's a very old brand. They've been in China for. I mean, they were here when I arrived, um, and those guys are everywhere. And technically, they are a coffee place, but it's a very different style. Actually, it's, they're more of a sort of a restaurant, uh, and then, so they're everywhere. But they're really not um, what we think of as a traditional coffee shop. They're more sort of a restaurant maybe even tea house that also does coffee and has coffee in their name but uh, i think they're actually a very different segment of the market um and then we also have haiti which is a brand that's cropped up uh, fairly recently um in terms of people talking about it and they, they they they're often referred to as the chinese starbucks but again what they do as far as i understand they're famous because they always has massive queues outside of it and um actually a lot of <laughs> 
listeners who don't know about it uh, very interesting actually I, I, my, my my suspicion is um, that a lot of these queues that are very famous if you go to Haiti you have to queue for so long to get in so popular but actually I believe a lot of those people queuing are actually paid to do so and um, that's they've built their reputation for being so popular with buying what, what, what in China is called a fake uh, offline traffic which is actually paying people to queue outside your store so it looks more popular than it is um, but actually that's, we could do a whole episode on that uh, I think uh, Haiti is, is a very, also a very interesting brand but um, what they're doing they have slightly different drinks it's more about um, it's sort of um, more, more tea like drinks basically uh, rather than what we think of as traditional coffee um, and competing in the Starbucks segment which, which uh, Lucking Coffee definitely is so with Shandown with these other, these other brands I think that the, the big thing there is that you know when you come to China and if you're a coffee drinker and maybe maybe if you're a coffee drinker, if you're a coffee snob, you kind of look down your nose at Starbucks. So you come to China, let's say, be me 10 years ago, and you're looking for a decent cup of coffee. Um, you're looking for a decent cup of coffee that's also affordable. You're you're going to go to Starbucks no matter what, because you go to Shangdao and it's bad. It's expensive and it's bad. Part of it, part of it is, I mean, so for me, UBC, Shangdao, whatever... Um, they're part of like the the kind of the pseudo Western restaurant thing, uh, where people go there because they think it's fancy, because they think it's Western, and because they think that they are experiencing something that uh, that is not Chinese. When in fact it is very Chinese, and it's not very good. Um, there used to be tons of of small coffee shops that um, that that opened up near where I am and, and where I used to work. They're all gone uh, because they were all kind of first party, not very good, uh, overly priced. Um, coffee. And so, um, whereas now you have Starbucks, which is uh, on the one hand firmly entrenched and doing very well, but you also have entrants like uh, Costa and, and Pacific and some other um, higher end brands. Um, but then also these kind of um, no name brands or, or faux brands, uh, faux coffee shops have also have also disappeared. Um, thank God. And again, a, a lot of that's due to the fact that people people actually want real coffee. Um, so in that sense, uh, again, I mean the coffee habit is um, is is pretty much there in in larger cities um, and perhaps even more more coastal cities as. as you were saying, Matt, but I think that to kind of come back because to kind of come back to the technology part of it. I mean, this is this is kind of why why it's a good time for a company like Luckin to um, to actually start this business because they're they're looking at areas of fairly high density um, areas that um, that have a high um, high density residential, but high. high but mostly uh, high density um, commercial, because at the end of the day, the most people that are going to be ordering coffee are going to be those people who um, are, are working in an office, don't want to leave their desk, cannot leave their desk, are used to ordering things already, and they just want a cup of decent coffee. Yeah, the, I think the pricing of the market leader Starbucks, as an example, it's about 30 plus, it's 30 plus UN for a cup of coffee, typically. Uh, that's about $5 USD. And um, that's actually quite pricey, uh, I think, for yeah. a lot. So for a lot of people, getting a Starbucks or having a Starbucks in your hand is a it's an aspirational brand. It's, it's something that is a little bit of a show, showing off, you know, to have, uh, I think, mm-hmm. the young girls to hang around in the mall and have a Starbucks in hand is the same thing as having your iPhone. Um, the same thing as having, you know, the, net, the latest fashion brand. It's a, it's, a, it's a certain statement about your status 
if you're drinking Starbucks. Um, so that's really played into Starbucks's success, I think. They have they have the sort of, it's almost like the sort of halo effect like Apple has. So, you know, nowhere near the level that, that Apple has, but like the same, the same sort of reason why people buy Apple is in China, kind of same reason why young girls will buy Starbucks. Um, it says something about you. It says you have, uh, you know, you're a certain, it's a brand you want to be associated with. Uh, and I think that the difference in brand perception between China and um, and, and the, the market like the States about, about a brand like Starbucks is actually quite different. And we see this in lots of, <laughs> lots of different uh, markets. It's not just, it's not just Starbucks. Um, brands can come into China and basically reinvent themselves here. Uh, and there's lots of, you know, Pizza Hut's another example that comes to mind. Um, if we get, yes, let's, if, so that's the, we've given a background of like what, how some of the uh, important details about the coffee market in general in China. But if we look on the, uh, a little bit more about Luckin now and what they've done. Um, Luckin, I think that what really caught my attention was, um, I don't know, I'd be interested to hear also from you, John, you know, when, perhaps I'll ask you first, you know, when was the first time you heard about Luckin? In what context did you become aware of brands? Advertising, advertising. Um, they they have been aggressively advertising. Um, so in our elevator, as in most um, most residents residential elevators, they they have um, they have posters dedicated to to advertisements. Um, and that's actually where I where I first where I first saw it. So not only not only did it feature um, a a very famous internet celebrity, but it also featured uh, Tang Wei. And um, if you're a bit of a cinema buff, or if you're if you like Ang Lee, I like Ang Lee. Crouching Tiger was a, a great great movie. Um, she was one of the lead actresses in uh, Lost Caution. And funny enough, she actually got uh, banned from working on the mainland for four or five years because of uh, because she did that movie. Uh, and now now she's uh, back in the fold, and she's been appearing over the last couple of years, appearing more and more in different places. And so, what really first caught my attention was was her um, because she was in this very um, intense movie um, with with uh, with some very intense uh, sex scenes, which again, why she was not allowed to work on the mainland for for some time. Uh, one of the reasons, at least, and um, and so that's that's how I first uh, came and came in touch with it. Now, the actual decision to use it came um, at my office because at the office, again, it, as in many um, Chinese uh, commercial buildings, before you get into the elevator, there are some TV screens that 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 show uh, rotating uh, advertisements, and usually these are um, videos. Uh, so, and, and so I saw that, and I was like, you know, it's so hard to get a cup of coffee around here. Why not? Uh, why not? I'll just I'll scan the QR code, um, download the app to my phone and see, see what it's about. And not only is it fairly convenient, uh, it's also the coffee is not bad, I have to say. Yeah. Yeah. So your description of how you discovered them, I think is pretty typical. They have, well, first off, they've, they've uh, done some celebrity endorsements. Uh, I think they've, they've seemingly picked people that resonate really well with, uh, with the people they're trying to target. And they've spent a lot on offline advertisements. So well, I'm seeing their logo pop up in elevators, um, on billboards. Uh, I saw it in a train station a couple of weeks back when I was in Shanghai. Um, they're spending a lot on on promotion, and yeah, the other way that I'm seeing the, them crop up is online. Um, they do a lot of coupons and promotions. When you download their app, um, you can get a free coffee. 
And if you share um, a link to download the app and your friend downloads the app, you both get a free coffee. So nothing too imaginative there, um, but it works. And people who are into coffee, um, you know, they'll do it. Uh, I did it. It's, 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 um, it's a very effective uh, technique. Um, so for them, I'm guessing, I don't know what their actual base cost of a coffee would be. Um, I'm getting probably something, if, if they're charging 30, maybe an actual coffee costs them more than 10. Um, they're, they're, they're basically spending 10 yuan to acquire a new customer or acquire a new app mm. download, um, which is in this current market, um, not too bad, I think. Um, makes a lot of sense if they're high quality um, high quality downloads, high quality um, leads for their business, which they would be um, if it's because you're either kind of into coffee or you're not. I think a lot, you know, a lot of people, um, if you offered them a free coffee, a lot of Chinese people, they just wouldn't accept it if they're if they're not into coffee. They just wouldn't have any interest in drinking that. So, um, straight away, you're selecting for your market by 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 promoting like that. Uh, I think I read somewhere that Luckin has said they're willing to give away a billion coffees um, in in their promotion. So. Um, um, you know, that's quite a substantial giveaway. Um, Sorry, I just want to butt in, butt in for a second there, but it's also kind of typical Chinese promotional BS. Um, so the way that they do some of these promotions, um, so, you know, the buy one, get one free, that's that's simple. Um, like the first time that you order from the application, you'll get uh, a free cup of coffee. Um, then they have these promotions where you can uh, buy two, get one free, or buy five, get one free. Um, and even, I think if you buy 10, you get 10 free or something like that. Uh, it's buy five, something. get five free, buy two, get one free. Yeah, no, they also they also have something you can you can go even higher than that, right? But the thing is, but the way that they do it, and maybe maybe it's just me, uh, maybe it, maybe this this actually fits um, Chinese consumers. But I've had similar looks of confusion from my Chinese colleagues uh, when they when they hear about this, when they experience it themselves. So the way that you actually take advantage of the um, of the 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 buy two get one or 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 whatever is you have to buy vouchers, and so there's three levels of um, of coffee uh, price. So there's 21, there's the 21 coin, there's 24, there's 27, depending on how big it is and, and kind of what it is. And so you, 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 if, if you buy two vouchers worth 21 quai, then you get one voucher for free. If you buy five vouchers worth 21 quai, then you, then you can get five vouchers for free. Um, so I think that if you're, if you're going to be ordering a lot, or if you're, if you're the kind of person that likes coupons, which I think um, Chinese people definitely do, then, then maybe this works. But um, it's very different from a traditional kind of buy. Uh, Buy one get one, um, and and at the same time it is it is confusing. And so you know this 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 claim that they're going to give away you know one billion cups of coffee. Well, it could be that what they mean really is that they're going to sell uh, one bill or they're going to give away one billion uh, coffee vouchers. But then of course, as you know, you know yeah, with sunk costs, people don't 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 uh, don't always feel motivated to use use what they have. Um, and so one billion actually turns into a pretty pretty good profit of, of of cups of coffee that they don't actually end up making. Okay, fair, um, fair point. The one billion is probably um, inflated considerably uh, using you know uh, techniques that um, aren't, aren't so clear at the beginning um, it's not so easy as just giving away a lot of it might be vouchers um, and some of those might not be used um, but yeah the, the, you know so they've spent a lot on on advertisement that's how most people I think would uh, first encounter the brand but what's been so incredible is the rate at which they've been opening stores so Luckin' Coffee has is a, is a very new brand. Um, they started in November of last year. Is when they registered their company. It's when they registered their 
official account is when they started going. They're from Beijing. Uh, they're from the Dongguanshan area of Beijing, as far as I'm aware, which is the uh, Silicon Valley of Beijing, of, of, of China, um, if you use such a cheesy phrase. Um, and uh, they certainly have a lot of stores in the Dongguanshan area. Um, and as of this month, we're, well, we're recording in May now. As of last month, uh, April, uh, they had over 400 stores in China. So they've gone from zero to 400 in that space of, what is that, half a year. That's uh that's quite an incredible pace of uh, of opening new stores, um, and they have targets to reach uh, by 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 this month to reach five hundred, um, and they're going for Series A funding pretty soon. Um, is is what is what people are reporting. So um, I, I, at that rate of opening new stores, it's quite clear that they have very big ambitions with uh, with their business model and with what they feel is available and in the market and where the opportunity lies to open a lot of stores because going back to Starbucks you know they also have huge plans to continue opening many many stores um, hundreds of stores um, I think it's something like 500 per year um, is their target on top of that 3,000 um, so there's a huge room to grow in this market and Luckin fit but Luckin's going to you know they're scaling at a rate um, even with opening offline stores that you would usually only associate you know with with uh, sort of internet with traditional like sharing or or um and 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 um and dmping with food delivery you know how they suddenly you know invest massive amounts of capital into scaling up operations across china at a super fast rate but lucking is, is is going for the same thing actually their founders have a very strong background in o2o um they were involved in uh some to get off the top of my head what was the company but it was a ride sharing app um that that they were involved in the operations of that so the, the guys actually opening the company founding it um they know how to do o2o they know how to do um the, this kind of business in china and they're taking their, 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 the lessons they've learned and the experience they've got in scaling operations fast and um, and being you know internet first, but but using it, uh, connecting that with offline and applying it to coffee. So that's that, that, that's pretty interesting, I think. Yeah, I think this is part of a, a much uh, broader trend. You know, I was just talking with some some people at uh, at Bien Li Feng a couple of weeks ago. Man, I'm not sure if you if you've seen them. They do um, they mostly do convenience stores. Um, they used to do the these unmanned um, snack shelves. I think they, they've scaled back on that quite a bit. Uh, and also in, in Beijing, they also have uh, bike rentals as, as well, um, which is actually kind of interesting because the, the the bikes that they have on the streets, they have huge baskets. That kind of makes sense if their core business is kind of shopping, um, grocery and, and convenience store, then they want to have huge baskets for for their customers. Um, but you look at you look at the their founders and their founders are uh, one of them is is coming from 7-Eleven uh, and the other is coming from um, coming from technology and so what they're doing is is they're is they're taking these new technologies of, um, of being able to you know track supply of being able to uh, collect data from users um, to understand you know the needs of the market digitally uh, the, uh, the needs of the offline market but digitally and have all of that data. And they're using it to create um, a, a very aggressive uh, new uh, convenience store business, and this is exactly what what Luckin is doing. And I think that it really is part of this this broader trend. I mean, we can call it uh, new retail, we can call it OMO or or whatever. 
Um, but I think that we are going to be seeing more of these types of businesses um, spring up um, because there's there's a lot of opportunity to increase customer satisfaction, uh, to be able to offer new products and new services um, to a wide range of um, a very interested interested consumers. Um, and it's not going to be just coffee. Um, it's going to be a, a wide range of different things. Um, and I think that, again, I mean, this is what's always so interesting is that China is the perfect place to be testing out these types of things. I mean, people are already so used to ordering delivery. They're already so used to paying for things on the mobile phone. You can basically just build on top of that a completely new business and, and aggressively scale it, um, as we're seeing with Bian Feng and, and with Luckin. I actually um, went to... So I ordered my the first time I was doing it in Shenzhen using Luckin. I was just ordering through that app because I saw in the co-working space where I was at, lots of people were getting Luckin. So it was my interest. And um, I started ordering in. Um, the delivery is in Shenzhen where I was um, working out of at the time was super fast. It was um, 15 to 20 minutes mm-hmm. uh, ordering from the app, actually arriving at the office, which was, uh, surprised me. Um, they do have a con- they have a collaboration with Shunfeng apparently how they they do that every but and for the first time in last week I was able to visit an actual store in Chengdu here in Sichuan and um, it was quite interesting actually when you go to a Luckin store I went to this one um, they don't have what struck me it's it doesn't sound like a huge thing but it, it, it's really strange they don't have a POS machine um, they don't have a counter a till um, like you've seen in in every coffee shop you've been. In, in your life, um, which is really strange. It's just like a fundamental part of what you expect in a coffee shop is missing. And But it doesn't matter. <laughs> There's just a till there and you scan a QR code, download the app if you don't already have it, and then you order and then they, they, they just make it and you get a QR code and when it's ready, mm. QR code, you just, there's a, there's a tiny little machine and, and all you do is swipe on the machine to, to confirm it's yours. Um, there's an order number as well. So you're like, I'm number 17 eight or whatever and that's it and it's it's really fast um and it's much more convenient than than actually the the system you are used to from going into other coffee shops but that that sort of simplification of the whole um checkout or 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 purchasing uh process uh struck me as wow okay this is uh it's just it, it doesn't sound like too much but if you go and experience it yourself it's actually quite surprising and you're it it makes you think about how actually this whole process of, of um, in, in, in coffee shops is, is not necessary anymore. We, we don't need it. Um, and and so usually I would say asking customers to download an app is 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 pretty ridiculous. And, and it is in most situations. But here, um, because you get the free coffee, if you don't already have the app on your phone, then you, you download it and get a free coffee straight away. So that makes that whole process um, it just puts a whole new twist on it because now you're 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 happy to wait that time. You're you're happy to go through that that pain, that friction of downloading and installing that because you're getting a free coffee. It, it makes total sense that you'd want to do that. Um, and they have fast Wi-Fi there, so it's um it, it really I think the experience is is quite is quite interesting. And another thing is that there was no seating there, so that definitely what Luckin is going for is takeaway. 
So it's two. There's it's sort of three ways that you consume coffee. But I, th- I think it's. I mean, it's. It's. It just goes to show that you know if you if you take you know if you're willing to start a business and really start at first principles and say, okay, what do we actually need to start a business in this day and age? Um, you can see that 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 the 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 thinking is going to be very very different rather than an accretion of okay, so you need these people to do this thing and you need this thing to do that thing. Um, I mean, with mobile payments, you can just cut all of that out. Um, and and it's it's it's, it's it's also interesting because what they're doing, they're not they're it's, so so that's that's how a coffee shop works. And something similar happened as well um, for me with uh, with the delivery. Um, so when I first ordered, um, it came super super fast. It was like ten minutes or less. Um, it felt it was a very short period of time. And so I I just assumed okay, it's my first time using it, so that means that they're trying to you know show off a little bit and make sure that I know as a first time customer that it's always going to be super fast. And so get get that really really good first impression. Uh, the next time that I order it, I'm actually um, I'm going to the office for for a meeting from my home because I work I work from home sometimes, and so I was going from my office to or excuse me from my home to my office, and I didn't have time to make coffee at home. Um, I didn't I didn't have time to stop anywhere. There's no Starbucks or anything else on the way, so I figured you know why not. I'll um I'll order the, I'll order the luck in and it should be about it should be there about the time that uh, that I get there um, and it takes me you know 15 20 minutes um, by uh, electric bike to 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 get door to door basically so I'm downstairs about to get on my bike I, I press the the order button pay for it get on and then I'm about halfway there halfway to my office and I get a phone call and the the guy is downstairs waiting for me it takes me of course another 10 minutes just 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 to get there and so as it turns out there's there, there's there's it's not it's not a storefront uh, but there is a um like a dark store uh which is you know 500 meters away from our office in some little residential area right across the street um and so what they're doing is they're 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 taking um something that it, it, it's a bit of an innovation for uh, more dense areas uh a logistical innovation for dense areas um and so there's no storefront there's no you you you, you would you would never know that there was actually you know a luck-in coffee place in there all all they do is they make coffee for delivery and then it gets delivered to to um to that area and so i think that again if you take a delivery first attitude a mobile first attitude then you come up with a business model that is much leaner than than you would otherwise um and again it really it, i mean like so beijing i think is the perfect place for something like this because beijing is not built for humans beijing is built for bicycles and cars um you know walking what what would seem to be fairly close it actually it, by beijing standards it's close but i mean by other city standards by shanghai standards certainly um it's actually quite far away and, and a lot of Chinese cities are, are built like this, which is one of the reasons why um, delivery has become so popular. Uh, one of, not obviously not the only. Um, and so, so again, I mean, you, you look at first principles for building a business, you, you look at what is actually possible? What is like the minimum that I need to 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 build a business? And if you and if you're really kind of I think smart about it, it's it's you don't need a lot of things that um, the traditional business that are being built on. And again, China is the perfect place, the perfect perfect place to try. Yeah, these that, things that's out. a great point, uh, John. About going back to first principles, Luckin is definitely doing that. And and what you are saying about the you know, having the hidden store almost within the housing community, I definitely think that's a lot of what they're going for. They're cutting away all. The 
the fat. So with a, with a let's say if we use Starbucks as the example, you know most Starbucks stores have large areas where you can sit down and drink coffee, and there are a lot of people that want that. That they want to use Starbucks as as you mentioned earlier in the podcast as the third place apart from the home, the office, and then you have and then you have Starbucks. But there's a lot of people that just want coffee, and um, they just want to. If we go back to the example I gave at the beginning of the podcast about the young girl who thinks of Starbucks as an aspirational brand, she might just want the coffee to hang around with her. She's hanging around with her friends in the mall or wherever she's going to be, and she just wants to have the cup to show off a little bit. Maybe she knows it consciously or subconsciously, or she doesn't even consciously aware that that's why she wants it. But um, she wants that cup in her hand while she's doing something else. She doesn't care about the seating and sitting down. I think there's a lot of people who want to drink coffee for work. Who are also, but those guys, um, Luckins, you know, is 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 a better option because you can get you can open up the app anywhere you are and expect it be with you within a very short time. Or if you know where the store is, you can just quickly you can order on the app and then pick up uh, in the store. And by the time you arrive at the store, it's ready. You just pick it up and go. It's 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 super convenient. Um, and this goes into the whole O to O and what we've been talking about with Meituan um, and Dianping and with. Lamar and the whole new retail delivery stuff. It's just yet another example of how delivery and logistics is so key um, with where things are going in China. People are expecting to open up their phone and order something and it for to be with them, um, you know, within a very short period of time. And this expectation is building and building and becoming the norm. And so as it becomes the norm, it's um, coffee market. This is just such a great example of how uh, we've looked at Hermar supermarkets before and what they've done. Luckin is Hermar model for coffee. It really is. It's um, you go to the store and you download the app, and then you did maybe once, like I've done in Chengdu, but then afterwards. <laughs> They're pushing you to actually just use the app, and they don't want you to come to the store. Really, it's all about delivery. But you can come to the store once to experience the brand, and when you do, it's nice. Um, and, and if if the store is near you, you can go there every day. But for most people, it's not. It's all about delivery. And how do you achieve that? You do it with super lean operations, like you described, within housing communities. Um, and this this model is. Is actually, it's an alternative to Starbucks, is what they're doing with traditional crowd to sitting down with large seating areas. The cost there is much higher. You, you, you're going to have a very large rental cost of that space, um, which you need to recoup somehow, which is why the price is, is part of the reason why the price is so high. Um, that gives Luckin uh, a reason to move in at a lower price point with a different model, which doesn't have all those costs. Yeah, and the funny thing is actually, like, like, like Luckin, they're not, they're, the, the prices aren't all that different. Um, um, they're they're slightly lower, slightly lower. But I mean, like for a, um, I'm trying to think now. For let me just, I mean, for a uh, an americano, for example, on Luckin, it's going to be at least 21 quai, um, and it's about the same price. It's about the same price at a Starbucks. I think it might be slightly more expensive, two or three quai more expensive. They they raised their prices a couple of years ago. Um, at Starbucks. Um, so in that sense, I mean, you know, if you're, if you're going to be, if you're going to balk over a three quite difference in coffee, I mean, I, I don't think that you're a Starbucks customer. You're probably not a, a Luckin customer either. So I, it's probably not so much about price sensitivity, but I think, I mean, again, a lot of it's going to be about just the convenience, the convenience of it all. I mean, I, cause I think that the reason that, you know, all these, uh, Starbucks die go did, did pop up is because Starbucks didn't have a delivery service and thinking about it now, that's a pretty big blind spot for them. Um, and, and Luckin is, is, is basically, 
basically just moved in. See, there's obviously a huge demand for that. Uh, and Luckin has just moved in directly and is now perhaps even starting beginning to eat their lunch. Well, that's the thing. We don't know. It's, it's very early days. So I want to caveat. Yes, I'm very excited about Luckin in terms of mm. I feel this is her Martha Coffee. This is a new internet-driven business model um, that has come into a market where actually, you know, I totally didn't expect coffee to be one of the one of the ones that got disrupted, but it seems they're going for it. And the team behind it do seem to be quite competent. In fact, they seem to be very competent. I think the branding is excellent. Um, I think the, the rate at which they've been able to scale is very impressive. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if they do end up having a successful business. But there are a lot of question marks about this. You know, it is early days. Um, is this a viable business? Or, you know, it, it, we don't know yet. Um, we don't know anything really about their financials apart from what they're charging for their coffee price. Um, it's, uh, they're, they're, it's very easy to spend a lot of money uh, and seem to be doing something. But are they building, building a sustainable business here? We don't know yet. And will it ultimately be successful? We don't know yet. Um, but certainly, you know, these guys are serious um, a lot more serious than Haiti, um, who were often put forward as the, the Chinese Starbucks. But I felt for a long while that um, Starbucks has had it too good in China, that they've had it too easy. Not to say that it's an easy market, but you know, they, they, I, I, I've I felt for a long while now that Starbucks as an American brand, as a foreign brand, there must be a lot of people in China, local businesses looking at it, going, thinking, uh, how we can do this? You know, we, we why is an American brand taking this lucrative market and killing it in China, and there's no local competitor um, of any real scale competing with them um, and really doing a great job? And finally, now we've got what seems to be a real candidate cropping up. Uh, in this, in this, what is quite a lucrative market? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I, I, I do agree. I mean, like you look at you look at Gioni, for example, a smartphone company. They've been around for a long, long time, and they're 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 failing. Basically, they just laid off a bunch of their staff in in Shenzhen. Um, but one of the one of the big problems, and they've they've actually said this publicly, is that they've spent too much on marketing. Um, and I think that it, you know the the go to the go to advertising and marketing strategy in China is to uh, find someone famous and put their face on everything. I mean, it's just so funny to me to see, you know, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio doing a um, doing an ad for a used car service. I mean, like, you know, number one, a used car service in the States would never hire a celebrity if their budget was even that high. Uh, and number two, I don't think I don't think an American celebrity would even deign to, to do that for um, for a, a used car uh, buying and selling platform uh, online marketplace. Um, so this is this this is the go-to strategy. Uh, you know, if if you with if you don't know what else to do, you find a celebrity. Um, that that seems to be uh, the safe the safe bet if, in terms of uh, pitching your boss, if not in in terms of actual um, ROI. Um, but that is that is a big problem. I mean, you, celebrities in China are very expensive. Um, I remember uh, a couple of years ago there was a report about how uh, anywhere between sixty to seventy percent of TV and movie production costs was made up by actors' salary. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure how much that that's changed. I asked someone recently, and they said that that's about right. Um, I haven't seen any recent statistics about it, but I think it's 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 still representative of the fact that celebrities in China are expensive, um, and that it, it, if you you have to be willing to pay quite a bit to be able to do that, and you have to be smart to make sure that you can actually you know, re- recoup that money. And so the fact that they have two pretty big celebrities um, with their faces and, and also doing um, you know some some video as well. 
um, for this brand means that they're that they they've already spent a lot of money on on this marketing campaign. Um, and so, Matt, I completely agree. I mean, it's it's too, way too early. It's way too early to tell whether or not Luckin is going to be successful. Um, certainly, they they do seem to be on the right track. Um, they've gathered uh, some pretty good momentum so far. Um, and there's they, they they have no competitor. Um, and so it's really kind of up to them to 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 mess it up. Um, so while we, while we we can't make any actual predictions, certainly they 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 seem to be going strong right now. Actually, cut that bit. Let's start again. <laughs> um, yeah, it's early days. We'll have to see. But uh, exciting, I think. And they're going for Series A quite soon. So that means at least we might get a valuation mm-hmm. um, of what they think the business they've built is worth. Well, Matt, I think, you know, in, in a bit of an unusual episode in the sense that um, we're talking about coffee and not, not so much technology. Um, but again, as, as I said at the beginning, I think there's there's a lot of really interesting uh, lessons to learn. Um, so as, as an entrepreneur or as just someone who's watching this space um, and, and also just there's there's a lot of kind of strings to pull in terms of kind of understanding the trends and, and the context of making this type of business possible. And that's about all the time we have for this episode of China Tech Talk. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, we'd really appreciate it if you left us a review on iTunes. If you're on Overcast or Pocket Cast, you can tap on that star button and it will recommend this episode to your network. Um, and if you want to get in touch with either Matt or I, you can find our contact details in the show notes. In case you didn't know already, TechNode has a plethora of daily and weekly newsletters to keep updated on what's happening in Chinese tech. In particular, the ones that I'm most proud of are our daily briefing that goes out six days a week, Monday through Saturday. Uh, it's a curated summary of what's uh, what other media have been saying about China, both in Chinese and in English. And then our thrice weekly newsletter, China, the China Funding Daily, which looks at the largest fundings of the week.